0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Follow You Anywhere. Kim and Jeremy here with you. Hope that today, or whenever you know you're listening to this, if it's in the evening, morning, whenever I find you, that you're doing well. Uh, this is the Follow You Anywhere podcast, and uh, we're still talking about enneagrams as we're jumping into the second episode of the enneagram types and how Christians live their lives. Um, following the Lord through the different personality types, what the the Lord has created them to be, and how we just tick differently sometimes,
1: yeah, I felt the one kicking in this morning as we were reviewing the video from Sunday service. Yikes, uh you felt the one kicking in too <laughs> uh with the the blank audience look slide i I just experienced the one. <laughs> In in you this morning,
0: coming out, uh, it's coming out, me. coming out. But it's okay, you know. Perfection, it's all good, you know. <laughs> it's all good.
1: It's all good. It's all good. And your and your seven was like, ah, it's, it's all right. It's, it's all it's all right. Yeah, it's a, yeah. That's the gospel went forth. That's all that matters. I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, people join the church. That's right. Exactly. Doesn't matter if the presentation was trash. Now it wasn't trash.
0: There was one element that you didn't like. That was just that nobody else probably even
1: would pay attention to. Yeah, probably nobody even knows what we're talking about. They don't. That blank, (laughs) that blank background with no words on it drove me crazy. But
0: you live to see another Sunday.
1: Yeah. And it will not be
0: there this Sunday. I promise <laughs> you that. All right. We'll see. Everyone's going to have to leave here and go look and see next week if it's still on there or not. Uh, it um, will
1: definitely not be. There you go. Triple check that mug. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm tired. Hopefully they listen to the last episode so they know what we're talking about. Yeah. So, the one... Uh, part of the one personality is being uh, somewhat of a perfectionist, wanting things to always be just the way they're supposed to be. Some, Why are you laughing? Some, somewhat, somewhat. Hmm. And the seven <laughs> personality is all about having fun, having a good time, seeing the positive in I'm everything, having a good time in everything. That's right. No matter how bad. The situation may be. It's It's, true. It's good, bro. It's all good. Exactly. It is. It's all Gucci.
0: (laughs) Just need a boat. When I get a boat, it's going to be even more Gucci.
1: (laughs) Even more. Oh, but today... Gucci multiplied. (laughs) Yeah. Today we're talking about the common personality types that me and Cam share, the threes and the eights. Mm. And so if you're a three and an eight... Or an eight, or if three or eight, one of your dominant personality types, then listen up because this is for you. And if you're not a three or eight, listen up because this will help you deal with threes and eights <laughs> to threes and eights a little bit more effectively. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so today, the starting off, let's just you know go in
1: numerical order. Three first? Yeah. So three, the competitive achiever. Oh, yeah. I talked a little bit about this on Sunday, actually. You did? Yeah. Some people would call threes hyper-competitive. Yeah. I think that's unfair. (laughs) Maybe. I'm just listening. I'm
0: I'm just listening.
1: Maybe it's accurate. I don't know. Well, I mean, what is really hyper? What does what hyper mean? I mean, extremely competitive? I'm not disagreeing <laughs> nor apologizing for that. There you go. Nah, I don't know. Excessively competitive? But, I mean, honestly, can you be excessively competitive? Yeah. No. Yeah. Not if you're a three. Uh. <laughs>
0: Your one is showing. You try to be the perfect three. (laughs) You try to be
1: the perfect three. Uh, Yeah. All right. So, give us a good description of the three. All right. Well, according to the Google,
0: threes are likely to value achievement and want to be the best. Uh, As a result, efficiency, results, recognition, and image are very important to them. Threes strive for. for success in their chosen field, and tend to be highly flexible and willing to adapt to achieve their goals. At their best, others will experience threes as hardworking, principled, and receptive, offering the gifts of hope and integrity to the world. However, in an unhealthy state, the threes' overexpressed need for achievement may seem self important and, incon- and inconstant. This stems from a a sense of self-worth that is built on what the three does rather than on who they actually are. So they are super motivated and driven by success and by task and by goals and achieving those things. And when those things don't go that way, they seem to lose their value and their
1: worth. So, in summary, a healthy three is a driven go-getter, and an unhealthy three is a jerk. <laughs> Can
0: be, yeah. Um, some some things that the enneagram, that the the three, that the gifts that they include are ambition. Uh, I just try to say ambition and efficient at the same time because those follow each other.
1: Ambition. They.
0: Uh, they have ambition. They're efficient. They're adaptable. They're driven, and they are results oriented. Hmm. So, um, yeah, this goes into a lot, uh, you know, a lot of depth here with different, just different things. Um, but, but from your perspective, I mean, the the achiever and the goal oriented. How do you feel about that? You feel like that strikes pretty close to home.
1: Well. It Yeah, I I mean, I think it's extremely important to set goals and to achieve those goals and to have action plans to attack the goals that you set. And if you're not setting goals for yourself, then what are you doing? Like if you don't have any goals in life, then that seems kind of like a waste. Here's um a... Here's some things, though, that
0: kind of go back to the one yeah. here, uh, the connection back to the hey, one. Speaking of,
1: how's that college football pick-em looking for you? Uh, I'm in second now.
0: Because who's in first? You are, by one point, <laughs> because I didn't pick Arkansas to win. <laughs> I really thought Arkansas was doing great. I just really thought Texas A&M. Ooh, but Pig! Sue! Ooh, okay, we won't do the whole thing. What about that fantasy football, though? Uh, Who's in first place in that
1: one? I need Dak to put up 50 tonight. Still me. But Dak's going to have a big game. Me. Maybe. Me, 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 me. We'll see. Me. And that's the three coming out in both (laughs) of us. (laughs) For those of you
0: that don't know, we're in a college pick'em and a fantasy league together. And just like last year, uh, we're first and second. Pretty much always. <laughs> like the whole season last year, of fantasy football, we were first and second or tied for first.
1: But we didn't end that way. No. Because of those dumb playoffs. And don't even get me started on what happened at the end of the season with the goobers dropping all their superstars. Yeah. But you know, the, the craziest thing about
0: that is I know the commissioner. And he just... He's an awesome guy. ...let it happen. The commissioner currently happened to be sitting across the (laughs) table from me. This is a round table. Let's have a round table discussion about the (laughs) commissioner. No. Anyway, back to this. Uh, Your typical feeling patterns... Yeah. ...of a three, which we saw some connectedness to uh, ones and sevens in this. Um, Threes are good at detaching from their emotions to prevent feelings getting in the way of their achievements. They prefer to set emotions aside and will seldom have any time for self-reflection or talking about feelings, especially feelings that relate to anxiety, sadness, and fear. Mm. While sad and anxious feelings are present in the three, they find it easier to connect to frustration and anger.
1: And the one side has that anger suppressed. So which is it, Cam? Because I'm 98% in one and 93% in the other. So am I expressing it or am I suppressing it?
0: Oh, it says you detach from it. So you're definitely Uh, suppressing most of it. I'm out. I'm good. (laughs) Most of it. And then the seven in me is definitely (laughs) suppressing it and running for the hills (laughs) to have a good time. Uh, Yeah. Or should I say, headed for the boat? Waters. The boat. <laughs> the boat. Uh, so, yeah. Um, with the three side of things now, so um, looking at the three, some godly attributes of a three. Uh, they're inspiring, purposeful, and accomplished. Uh, Job 42, 1 through 2. Uh, then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be Thwarted and so putting their trust and hope in the Lord um, to accomplish the goals that they have been promised or set forth in uh, on the task ahead. Um, So, the core desire biblically uh, for a three is to be valuable, Uh, the biggest fear being a failure or useless, weakness, uh, deceit, uh, and appearance. And something that threes have to let go of, biblically speaking, is their insecurity of not accomplishing what they are set out to accomplish. Uh, Philippians uh, four thirteen. You know, we know that one. Uh, I can do all things. Uh, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength.
1: Hit a home run. Score uh, a touchdown.
0: No, not quite. Shoot the game winning shot. Not, not, not quite that. Uh, Colossians three twelve. <laughs> Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Mm. Um, and then uh, the three's biblical affirmation is that God values you as you are. Uh, 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who call you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Um,
1: You are chosen and beloved Whether you hit those goals or not Exactly And that can be hard to realize But it's still a lot better if you hit the goals though (laughs) (laughs) And then God's like oh, (laughs) I mean To be fair When we were yet sinners Christ died for us So he loved us when we were at our worst point Doesn't mean that We can't set goals and achieve them Yeah but It's okay. Exactly. Just, as long as our identity's not in it. So let's talk about that, though. Let's talk about how we can
0: shift the focus a little bit and use some of those inner workings of a three, workings of someone who is goal-driven to better
1: follow the Lord. So. I mean, I understand that God loves me whether I beat you or not, but I feel a lot better when I beat you. Yeah, who's you? <laughs> who
0: Who's this you you're speaking of? <laughs>
1: The one sitting across the round table from me.
0: Oh, oh, oh,
1: goodness. (laughs) Or anybody else that stands in my way of victory.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're not even playing each other this week.
1: Uh, I know, I know. I still got to watch out for the competition. It's true. (laughs) We're doing pretty good. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when it comes to setting goals and achieving them, there's nothing wrong with that, but it can definitely be beneficial for a follower of Christ when they start setting spiritual goals and they start doing things spiritually to achieve those spiritual goals. And I talked a little bit about that last week, but kind of funneling that focus and energy and attention into, I don't know if you would call it being competitive, but um, what's the verse where Paul talks about how, Hey, we run like we're in a race and we want to win the prize. We're we're not wasting our time. We're uh, he he talks about running to to win the victor's crown. But the difference in what we do for Christ and what we do like on the field or in a game is there can only be one winner. And obviously, that's not true for us as Christians. We all have victory in Christ. And so it's not like there's only one person that can win, but that doesn't mean that we can't run like there's only one person that can win. We should give it our best, and uh, we should strive to achieve those goals that bring God glory. And Paul talks about that. I don't remember where exactly it is. Uh, I think it's in one of the letters to the Corinthians, maybe. I'm not sure. Do you know? Off the top of your head? I think it is in Corinthians, but I don't know. I don't know specifically. Well, I'm going to find it real quick. So you go ahead and talk to us about that a little bit more.
0: Yeah. So just one of those things looking at, you know, if you're, if you're goal oriented and you're focused on, um, achieving tasks and if that's part of what you're trying to do, and for me, I'm a list maker. Uh, I I make lists and I try to knock out those lists and nothing better than being able to scratch through those finished, completed goals. Um, but, but one of the simple things that we can do as people that have that association with threes um, is to legitimately, literally schedule out time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, make Put that on your list. Put that on your calendar. Put that on your schedule. Set a goal to, you know, read so many verses a day or to read, you know, a, a book or, or whatever it may be. And, and, and go after it and attack, and attack it and fulfill that role and fulfill that goal uh, to help you be able to focus in on what you want to be and how you want your relationship with Christ to look like. You
1: got yeah, it? I got it. 1 right. Corinthians 9, mm-hmm. verses 24 through 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So Paul says... When you run in a race, only one receives the prize, and he says that's the way we should run in the race called life—the the race of Christianity. Not competing against other Christians, but really just um you know striving to to win the race. In uh, obviously in an illustrative sense, it's not because. Everybody can win, but you can't you can't compete if you have the mindset that well everybody's gonna win because then you really don't have that competitive drive. Right, and I think that's what Paul's getting at. That's why he says that I'm not beating the air. I'm disciplining myself spiritually, just like a boxer disciplines himself physically, preparing for a fight. He says we do those things to discipline ourselves spiritually and achieve our goals. And it's not because only one person is going to win, but that's the way that you've got to prepare. That's the way that you've got to run um, in order to to really excel in what God's called you to do.
0: Yeah. So looking at just some uh, some thoughts and, and uh, inner workings of someone who's competitive— um, taking some time to, like I said, set some goals on how you want your walk with the Lord to look, Mm -hmm. uh, how you feel like, uh, or how you feel like you're being led uh, to follow the Lord. So maybe that's, um, setting the goal of reading uh, Scripture every morning um, before you go to work or, or, or before you go to school or whatever that may look like or, or journaling in the evenings or you know setting a goal for that to look a certain way or maybe it's setting a goal to invite a friend to church. Like say, hey, this month I'm inviting this person to church every chance I get and those mm-hmm. types of things. And then going after it and actually yep. doing those things um, will help you use the way that you are wired to have a deeper connection to the lord, a deeper connection to the people that are around you. Um and and to be able to uh to to use um your personality in a way that is going to be beneficial to uh you being the best version of you that you can be because you're connected to the father.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh, another thing is very important for the three is to understand what it means to compete as a Christian. And when you're competing on the field or in a game or things like that, obviously you give it your best. And I believe that honors the Lord. It it says in his word that we're to do all things as if we're doing it for him. And so I think that that drive and that desire to win in those competitions honors the Lord. But it's also important to understand spiritually Like, we're not competing against one another as Christians when it comes to following Christ. Like, I'm not—I'm trying to be the best Jeremy that I can be to the glory of God, and that's what honors God, and that's ultimately what's going to, um, you know, make me feel as if I'm giving it my best, as if that's the way I, I view what God's called me to do. Like I'm going to feel fulfilled at that point as a three. But what's dangerous is when you begin looking at one another as competition, like, oh, I've got to be a better Christian than this person. Or like as a pastor, I've got to be a better pastor than this pastor. Or as a church, we need to be a better church than this church. And at the end of the day, you've got to check yourself as someone that's competitive and realize that we're not competing against one another. We're not competing against other churches. We're not trying to be better preachers or better pastors or better Christians or better churches. We're trying to be the best we can possibly be for the glory of God. And at the end of the day, if those other people that we might be tempted to view as competition are followers of Jesus— they're not our competition. They're our partners in the gospel, and so um, I am bro- I am a brother in Christ to other Christians. I'm not their competitor. I am a fellow pastor and partner in the gospel to other pastors. I uh, we we as a church are one local church, a part of the church, the body of Christ, and so I think that's extremely important for people like me and you that are extremely competitive to kind of check ourselves at times and remind ourselves that it's great to compete when we're playing games or when we're playing sports or really anything. And it's good to have, um, you know, fun competing against one another and competing against others. But when it comes to Christianity, we give it our best as if we are competing and and there is only one that can win the prize but the reality is we're not competing against one another we're partners with one another in the gospel yeah i
0: think that's a big thing that most churches and most people have to to remember and uh and it's an internal struggle for a lot of people but realizing like you said that you're not competing
1: especially um, threes
0: yes um uh, so, but let's, uh, let's go ahead and bump down for time's sake. Let's go ahead and bump over to the other side
1: of the table and uh, take a look at the eights. The eights. The eights. So, remind our listeners what the eights are.
0: The challenger. Oh. The challenger. They're powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. So, uh, type eights. Uh, Eights are self-confident, strong, and assertive. Uh, They're protective, resourceful, uh, straight-talking, and decisive. Um, But they can also um, be domineering. Eights feel that they must control their environment, especially people, sometimes becoming confrontational and intimidating.
1: Only when things aren't perfect. Mm. Eights (laughs)
0: typically have problems (laughs) with their tempers and with allowing themselves to be vulnerable. At their best... They're self-mastering. They use their strength to improve others' lives, becoming heroic and uh, inspiring. Uh, Their basic fear uh, is being harmed or controlled by others. Mm. Their basic desire is to protect themselves. Uh, And um, some key motivations are that they want to be self-reliant to prove their strength and resist weakness. To be important in their world, to dominate the environment, and to stay
1: in control of their situation. Um, so, so um, you scored as high on an eight as you did the three, right? Yeah, I
0: was a seven and then three eight. Yeah, and tied. so
1: I scored a little bit higher on the three than the eight, which is interesting because how does seven and eight go together? Seven's like oh, everything's all good and fun-loving, and eight's like. I'm gonna dominate and control things because the sevens
0: want to dominate and control things, so they don't feel pain. Uh, sevens want to be in control of their environment. They're they're easy and okay to kind of be laid back and go with the flow, but at the same time, they're always in control of what's happening, as far as how they feel and those types of things. I see. So, um, because like a seven is easy, fun, loving, and going but eights do not want to be controlled. <laughs> and that's part of it. Yeah. So, um, Because that's no fun. <laughs> exactly. Stick it to the man. Stick it to the moniosis. What movie is that? No idea. It's a terrible disease. It's called Stick It to the Moniosis. Have you ever heard of
1: it? It's fatal. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I've seen a lot of movies, and so for you to throw out a quote that I'm not familiar with, that one's that one's tough. School of Rock.
0: Oh. With Jack Black. Jack Black. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's a little, like, crazy and yeah. wild, but
1: it's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's a great movie. It's a, it's a seven movie. Yeah. I think it's definitely a seven movie. Yeah. Not Rock. like it gets seven out of ten stars, <laughs> like it's... For the seven personality in you hey it's funny it's Just having a good time
0: because i'm having a good time
1: anyway uh so
0: enneagram eight biblical characteristics godly attributes they're the defender they're bold they're confident uh psalm 1832 says it is god who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure um and then just kind of a reminder, Psalm 61, three through five, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. You are my strong towers. I don't know that's uh, how the verse goes, I, actually. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Shelter over me. Uh, for you, God, have heard my vows, and you have given me the heritage
1: of those who fear your name. Is that how the psalmist wrote it? Yeah, exactly. Just like that.
0: You are my strong towers.
1: That high pitch. Yeah. Musical notes. Yeah. In the Hebrew. I don't yeah. think so. I think it's pretty... Mm, no, nah, it's not It's it. pretty close. That's not it. Core desire to defend.
0: Uh, biggest fear, uh, being weak. Weakness, lust, or being excessive. Things to let go of. There need to be in control. Uh your affirmation as a eight is that God upholds you as you are. And then um there's a couple other verses uh of as far as letting things go, not being in control. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. First Corinthians thirteen, six through seven. Um and then uh one, this this has been um this has been uh a, a, an encouraging verse uh, psalm 37 23 through 24 the lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him though he may stumble he will not fall for the lord upholds him with his hand um so with eights you know uh eights find themselves so of trying to be in control uh can sometimes be really difficult to boss and to guide as far as from a leadership perspective because eights challenge the status quo. They challenge the way that uh, things are sometimes upheld or they want to be in control or they want to be able to make sure things go a certain way and so they can be difficult to work with. So if you are working or leading somebody that that sometimes is, is good to know that about them. But let's talk about eights and how uh, being in control, wanting that that side of your life uh, uh, as far as following the Lord uh, and what that may look like. The biggest thing for me is faith and being willing to step out of your comfort zone, step out of being in control of the situation, step out of that uh, comfort zone and following God. And so that's something that we've done. Um, and and it was a huge deal to do that, uh, partly because of our personalities. Yeah. And so, um,
1: because there were a lot of things that we weren't in control of a lot and we just kind of had to trust in the Lord and his plan and the path he was orchestrating for us. Yeah. So, uh, when we're
0: looking at, uh, some practical ways that if you are an eight that you can, uh, potentially focus in on to follow the Lord better, to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. Uh, Some of those things that look like really simple, but sometimes just giving up control, sometimes just literally saying, God, whatever you have for me today, whatever this looks like, I give it to you, show me what you want me to do. And that can be scary. That can be a scary way to step out and know way to live your life. Um, but it would be so rewarding, and plugging into the Lord like that would be life changing. Um, and a couple other, you know, simple things as far as what that looks like. Um, just being willing to to step out in faith. Uh, you know, when you're when you want to be in charge or in control of your situation. Uh, sometimes the lord's gonna call us to step out to to love on people to to do things that maybe we're not extremely comfortable with or step out in faith on things like that and as an eight you've got to be willing to do that and so part of it is plugging into the to the scriptures, plugging into the Word and knowing what the Lord says about those different situations but the biggest thing I believe for an eight that you can do is you can be connected to the Word and you can know the promises of God. And when you live your life knowing the promises of God, but not not just reading about them, but knowing about them and knowing what His promise is, then you don't have to live your life as much in control. You don't have to live your life as much of challenging the status quo because you know what the promise of the Lord is. And there is refuge there, there's confidence there, there's hope there. and, uh, And I think... That especially for somebody like me, who is a, a 738, somebody who wants to feel good, who wants to go out and, and, and have fun and is constantly looking at those things, but also has these goals and wants to be in control of their environment, knowing those promises, knowing the promises of God, and knowing what those different circumstances and situations look like um, are extremely beneficial in
1: keeping my sanity. Mm hmm. So, And remembering that bold confidence uh, ultimately comes from the Lord, not ourselves, not in anything that we've done or gifts or skills or talents that we have, but it comes from God who gives us strength. And even in our weakness, His power is made strong. And so nothing wrong with having boldness, nothing wrong with having confidence, but remembering where our confidence comes from and who our identity is in. And uh, also you know thinking about the whole life and ministry of Jesus like Jesus was a perfect demonstration of what it looks like to defend those who needed to be defended and the bible is pretty clear about the exhortation for us as christians to help those who can't help themselves yeah uh to to minister to the least of these uh, the orphans and the widows and you know all of these different groups and individuals that um you know they they need to be defended uh that's that's exactly what Jesus says over and over in all of the times that he's like just wearing out the pharisees that they're just not getting it he's like i didn't come to call the righteous to repentance i i didn't come to bring healing to those that are already well. Um, I'm coming to um, defend those that need to be defended and to to rescue the weak. And so I think just defending those that need to be defended and ministering to those that are broken and hurting and need to be rescued, which ultimately we can't rescue them. The Lord can, but we can allow ourselves to be used by him to point them to the one that that can rescue. Yeah. And that's biblical. That's exactly what we should be doing as a church. I got this queued up for you. There you go. Yeah. yeah, Cutlass. Nickelback. That is <laughs>
0: definitely
1: not Nickelback. I'm just kidding. I knew who it was. I knew who it was. Cutlass. Whole Cutlass. Old Cutlass. Um. Yeah. I- that was back in the Nickelback days, though. Can you consider Nickelback days? or Nickel? Is Nickelback still... Are they, are they still a thing? I don't listen to a lot of radio these days. Nickelback? Yeah. I think they're always... Are they still coming out with new stuff? I feel like they've been out for like 30 years now.
0: I don't know. I've, I mean, they're still definitely a band. Yeah. They, they definitely are still a band because they were going on tour this summer that we moved here. And What's your favorite Nickelback song? Uh, rock star. <laughs> 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 oh, you ain't right. That was the <laughs> that was the jam, like middle school. What rock star? No,
1: I just wanna be big rock stars. <laughs>
0: yeah, living in hilltop mansions, driving fifteen cars, cause the. Something comes easy. Because the the, girls come easy. (laughs) And the drugs come cheap. Yeah, that's... All right. I'll stay skinny because we just won't eat. And we'll hang out in the coolest bars with the VIP and the movie stars. And we're following God
1: anywhere. That's episode 34. (laughs) (laughs) I said that was like Uh, middle school. You know, I mean... I I remember the words. I was just trying to see if you did. Oh,
0: yeah. It's one of the... it's, It's a catchy song. Like... You know, I, it's not like I listened to, I don't drive around listening to Nickelback, Yeah. but I definitely know the words to that song. They had, Nickelback was a very interesting, how are we we talking about Nickelback right now? First of all, but.
1: Because Cutlass was not Nickelback.
0: (laughs) Nickelback has some very like confusing moments because Mm -hmm. they have songs like. um, Photograph. Like Photograph and How You Remind Me and If Today Was Your Last Day.
1: How about too bad? Have you heard too bad? No.
0: Oh, that one's depressing. But like, if today was your last day, that sounds so like so spiritual. And if you've seen the uh like music video for that, there's so many like underlying like Christian themes in some of their songs. Obviously, not rock star.
1: Yeah.
0: But, uh my favorite, my fa- <laughs> my favorite uh my favorite part of Rockstar though is ZZ Top being in it, uh, or the the guy from ZZ Top being in it, and in the background he says, "I'll have the quesadilla." <laughs> so I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. I also got this one pulled up from you, uh, or pulled up for you because uh, it's my it's my my theme song. Stop.
1: That's not yeah, but that's not three or eight. Seven. seven. Yeah, I said mine. Yeah, but we're on threes and eights today. Hey, don't stop me now. What's a good song for eights? Because uh, hold on, let's see. No, no, no. There's actually okay. So um, I'm gonna find a good one for eights. Hold on.
0: No, there's actually a thing that does that. Um, there is a um, there's a guy. Courtney shows him to me. There's a guy. He makes songs. For Enneagrams and they are gut-riching.
1: <laughs> Let's see. On to the Googles. No, I've got one. For the Eights. You ready for it? Sure. You sure? This this is the this is for all of our eights. Oh, it's sleeping at last. That's right. <laughs> independent confident self sufficient uh, that's that's a good song for the 8s Cam. why are you looking at me like that there's so
0: <laughs> sleeping at last actually if you're interested sleeping at last does write songs for the enneagram and there's a 8 this is i remember the minute it was like a switch was flipped just a kid who grew up strong enough to pick this
1: armor up. Ah, you can't be. God, that was so long ago. You can't be playing stuff we don't know. You don't know what they're going to say. It's Sleeping at Last. It's I all good. Never heard of it. Yeah,
0: it's all good. They're literally about each Enneagram. Oh, okay. Um I mean, he's an artist, but he also wrote an album for every Enneagram. So just one through
1: nine. Gotcha. Well, so, pre talk more about that next time. Yeah. So, when we talk about the twos and the fours and the, the fives sixes, and the sixes and, and the, the nines, nines and the tens and elevens and the 234s. <laughs> Ah, we're kidding. What does it go up to, nine? Nine. Nine, okay. So we'll do like two or three next week and then round it up. That's it. Yeah. So we've gone through one, seven, three, and eight. That's right. And then all the others are just kind of, we'll get to you. They're coming along. We're right around the corner. Good time. Having a good time. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. Oh, no. I don't (laughs) know. No, oh, no, we what? can't. We can't end on that one.
0: But no, no, let's go back to this for a second. All right, Nickelback.
1: Okay. All right, let's end on that one.
0: No, I wasn't saying in the podcast on Nickelback. Right. Hold on, Hold now, on. wait Here a second. Are. That was not what we were. That was not the goal. I was just curious about how much you listened to Nickelback when I was growing
1: up, back when you had hair. Quite a bit. Yeah, actually. <laughs> It was. That's so this one right here. By the way, that's Cam you're hearing, not Nickelback. <laughs> Better cut that one down. That doesn't go with our following God anywhere, Cam. What are you doing to me here? I Bringing back the high school days.
0: Oh, we followed the Lord from Nickelback <laughs> to
1: Cutlass. <laughs> <laughs> no, never mind. We don't have time. I was going to say some other groups, but that might get another discussion going. Okay. <laughs> another podcast for another day. From Eminem to NF. Uh, I was thinking nickel back to elevation but we don't oh. have, we don't have time. We don't have time, Cam. We can't do it. Okay. We'll next, do it another next day. Time. Next time. Next time. Next 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 time. 13 episodes from now or something. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, hey, that's episode 34 and we got episode 35 coming up next week and so looking forward to talking about all those other personality types. We know you're out there and your personality's right around the corner, so Tune in next week, episode 35. This is episode 34. Follow you anywhere.